0: Hi, this is Jessie with Red Cloaks Radio, and I'm joined today on Monday, December 28th by- Hi, I'm Laurie from Indivisible Mass Coalition. Hi,
1: I'm Kate from Concord Indivisible.
2: I'm Linda from uh, Acton Indivisible.
3: Hi, I'm Martha from Boston Red Cloaks. Hi, I'm Karen from Boston Red Cloaks.
0: Hi, I'm Kamla from Boston Red Cloaks. So we're catching up today with a big day in the house, but let's start and rewind. Christmas Eve, we had the action from Governor Charlie Baker, who called himself a uh, pro choice governor, and he vetoed the legislation that we informally refer to as the ROE Act. Today, though, the House overrode his veto by a vote of 107 to 46. So we got a moment of celebration. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, where was everyone this morning? Let's start with this morning.
4: Um, this morning, I was ready to make phone calls to get um, people to call their representatives. And I was really pissed that I had to do that. And I was really pissed that Baker vetoed this for the second time on Christmas Eve. And that meant that after Christmas, I had a co- I had Christmas off and then I was back to work on this fighting for abortion access in Massachusetts. And I was really pissed at Charlie Baker and I'm very happy today that the House did the right thing and overrode his veto for the second time.
2: Yay!
5: Okay, so somebody for the one, for some of us that are not so versed about these things, what is what does that mean and what is going to happen? Right, so
0: the legislation had it first came through, it passed in the House, it passed in the Senate. It went to the governor for his signature, but he had the right to either veto it or to make suggestions in changing it. What he did is he did that. He made suggestions or amendments and he sent it back to the House and the Senate. They rejected that. They took a majority vote and they said, Nope, governor, we want this legislation to stay the way it is. And we just want you to either, you know, just sign it as it is. So that came to him before. Christmas Eve last week. And he at that point could either sign it or he could veto it or he could just take no action. He he could have done any of those three things. And what he did was he pretty quickly vetoed it. And when he vetoed it, what that means is he rejected the entire legislation. It's not like he just said, oh, okay, fine. You don't want my amendments. He said, then if you won't do what I want, nothing. And then at that point, it goes back to the House and Senate and they have to override it with a two thirds vote. So this morning the house met and the house did override it by the necessary two thirds. It won't officially be over until the Senate takes it up and they have to also override by two thirds. However, we, don't, we do know the Senate has been very supportive. So I'm more comfortable thinking that, that they will in fact override once they've both overridden, it becomes law. So we're closer and closer Our
2: pro-choice governor is only pro-choice if he gets to choose.
0: Ah, very well said. Well said. That's right. And he ignored all of the evidence that was brought forward. Like thousands of people have shared their views and some were against and some were for. And legislators made the balanced decision of what was the compromise. They did not do the full Roe Act. Right, right. And uh, he
3: he was okay with allowing the medical society in Massachusetts turn its back on the most marginalized people in the Commonwealth. That was just okay with him. That's right. I also heard that he's uh, he is sniffing around a third run. And uh, it's quite uh, no. possible that, um, but I can't remember the man's first name. Deal, who ran against uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, for Senate a couple years back, and he was the, um, he was president. He was either the the chair of the. Um, Republican Party in Massachusetts, or he was the chair of the Trump the Trump group in in Massachusetts. And there's a rumor that this guy, deal that he uh, will give Charlie a run for his money.
0: First, hey, Laura, we see you're jumping in and joining us. We're so excited you're here. Hi. Hi, hey, Laura. <laughs> Sorry. Hi. <laughs> oh, my God. I got too much going
1: on today.
0: We're just talking about this morning's vote and also rewinding Sweet. a little bit about what it was like to hear in the news about Bakers' override on Christmas Eve. I know, you know, for people who are pro-choice and Christian or pro-choice and Catholic, it was like an especially pointed, insulting, terrible thing for him as the governor to do this override on a really important special holiday when a lot of people are with their families, including people who are women who've had abortions and who are trying so hard to pass pro-choice legislation to protect people in the state so that they have their constitutional rights and that they have access to it. It was just such, it just seemed like such an un, an incomprehensible cruel move to me on Christmas. Well, which is what Trump did as well.
1: Trump also
2: did that on Christmas Eve. The conservative Catholics probably see it as very fitting. The night that Jesus was born, right?
3: <laughs> uh, it is and, exactly what Jim Lyons said.
2: That's what he's playing it. He's oh. he's playing into that, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that my rep has just told me that the cardinal himself was making phone calls to legislators to try to get them to, you know, vote against it is. Oh my God! That's the unconscionable part. Mm-hmm. Is that we have we have it. legislators who are ruling based upon what their um, religious leaders are are mandating, mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than what their constituents and voters of their state need.
0: Well, we're not a Christian state. We're not a Catholic state. We're a pro-choice state. Yes, pro-choice doesn't have a religion. And we know from our podcast with Catholics for Choice, there are Catholics who are pro-choice. There are Catholics who've had abortions. So unacceptable to be putting its thumb on our legislators.
2: They've been doing from the beginning, right? Since they they put out their, um, the bishops put out their letter back in, I guess it was 2019, right around the time of the um, hearing they put out the letter to all the parishes with all the lies in it about infanticide. Who would expect Catholic bishops to
0: tell tales like that? But-
2: well, it's like wrapping yourself in the flag. They wrapped
3: themselves in yeah. their religion or their-, their-
0: Well, maybe Baker is considering a run. We know that at least, we know Danielle Allen has put her name out there. She's running and there's other people who are publicly saying that they're interested in running. And Baker has definitely distinguished himself by doing this, and not in a good way from my point of view, but he has revealed himself not really Mm pro-choice. And when people are shopping for candidates. I think there was a clear message he sent by doing that. I I think the part
4: that got me is that he vetoed it twice. And Mm -hmm. and that you know once wasn't
2: enough. Even though he knew they had the majority to override. Mm -hmm. It it was symbolic gesture. Yeah. With very little communication to us, the public. No, maybe to that side, maybe to the other side.
0: I don't know. It's not like there was even a press conference. This is definitely one of the biggest pieces of legislation in this session. The police reform grew up during the session following the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others. And that is an extremely powerful and important piece of legislation. The ROE Act is too, and it's been on the table for two full years. I mean, it's literally 24 months. And yet,
2: well, you know, maybe he vetoed it twice. Yeah. Right. And and it's a big deal. We're, but yet I feel like it shouldn't be. <laughs> I don't right. want I, to be the I don't want to be the, the the poor sport here, you know, that it should have been so
0: difficult.
3: Yeah. Oh,
2: of course you shouldn't.
3: you're right. It you should not. But hysteria ruled from the other side.
0: Emily's list, I don't know if you saw the meme, but they have put out a map of America showing in different shades of white to dark yellow, where choice is more or less protected or access to abortion is more or less protected. And it has Massachusetts in the in the most protected zone. And I couldn't help but post, you know, hey, <laughs> even in Massachusetts, there's barriers, and we've been fighting for 24 full months to try to remove those barriers. And it's such a sign of what our 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 fellow activists are up against in red states, like people we've talked to who are clinic defenders in red states, like Mississippi, where there's only one clinic at all to try to get the legislation through. I find it fascinating, and I thank every legislator who has voted yes each time it's come in front of them. It's fascinating how many of them are supportive and and did come this far, and yet still it took 24 months to move it forward. Wouldn't it be great if they had shown that support and we just got it done the first seven months of the session right after that big hearing? Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. nothing works that quickly in the Massachusetts
0: State House. Yeah. No, that two year cycle is devastating for other legislation that comes up in January as we start thinking about now we've made a lot of friends across the state who did not know each other before. It'll be so interesting to follow what comes up around similar related issues and how now that we have a much stronger network, it's gonna be a little easier for us to communicate with each other. hmm
4: yeah, that's true. And we've all learned how the legislators work and how long it takes to get something done. Actually, two years is really a long time, but there have been bills like driver's license for immigrants that have been, I think, I don't know how long, but it's been years that that's been around. And yeah, I I don't want to say the years because I I can't say for sure. But legislation has been around for so long, like years. And nothing gets done about it. So
2: two years. Ineffective uh, state legislature, one of the most ineffective state legislatures in the country. We have a very ineffective system. And I think I heard somewhere that it's like. Six years on average to pass a bill,
1: which is absurd. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, going
1: going back to your comment, Jesse, about what was it you said a moment ago?
0: That we had a lot of support in the end. There's a lot of support, oh, and yet oh, it yeah, takes the
1: collaboration. And so when Baker is running again. We have all these connections already made. Yes, Yes,
0: absolutely. That's right. And it will be interesting if it will end up being like the race to fill Kennedy's seat when he stepped down. And there are a lot of people stepped up to run. You know, maybe there'll be one or two people. Maybe it'll be a broad field. And as voters, we will have some choice. Well, I think the the, the nomination of Amy
3: Coney Barrett uh, galvanized. Uh, Did I get her name backwards? Um, uh, I think that galvanized people who have been... uh, on the fence, even voters who've been on the fence, or those who think, oh, I don't need to do that, somebody else will be a- an activist. I think that really galvanized the, um, the, the quick procedure that we've had since October.
0: I think you're right. I think that was a big shift. And,
1: and is there a thank you process that is in place for the legislators who have so boldly moved this through?
0: It's really critical for people who are listening to reach out to your legislators because even if you wanted more, the fact is it takes effort to stand up, to talk about abortion in public. We've, we've heard it for, we've been doing this podcast since July and we've heard it from every kind of professional person. This culture, this country is not accustomed to having people talk out loud about abortion. So setting up a law, regulating it, takes some effort. And we have some legislators who are walking up and down those virtual halls I don't know how you do that in Zoom, but they're trying to get their colleagues to talk about it openly. And they do need to hear that we appreciate what they've done. Well, and also people who didn't get elected, but were running against conservative candidates. And they made this part of their platform to let people know transparently, hey, this is being discussed. Your rights are on, you know, your rights are up for discussion. And I got to say the media coverage, very complicated in Massachusetts. It's very difficult. And the, the, the uh, media, for the most part,
3: has just run with the headlines. And if you knew nothing at all about the effort and you just heard the headlines, 16 and 17 year olds don't need parental consent anymore. People can get abortions in the third trimester. But that's all you're hearing. You're thinking, that's pretty darn weird. I don't know how I feel about that. Or I don't like that say just go with the headlines and you have to read to the whole end of the article to find this, the place where there has been a rationale given for uh, those um, those wants on our list and people don't people don't read newspapers like that anymore when they read them they read the first couple of paragraphs get the gist go on. Um, And that's, that's been, I think that's been a big problem. I was listening to it today on um, uh, Jim and Marjorie uh, show um, who were not there. And they talked about this is before the vote and they were talking about it, but they talked about it for a good 10, 12 minutes and like last minute and a half. They talked about the rationale for wanting those particular things. If you were just skimming through, you would probably be saying, "Wow, that sounds barbaric. Why would you do that? And so I, have a, I have a big I have a big problem with poor reporting, especially on something so sensitive as this.
0: For Baker to veto on Christmas Eve, not everybody is fully staffed, I'm sure they're just not. So it felt like right. an extra kind of sneaky move on his part. You know yeah. he showed us true colors, I
4: think. I will be looking for who's ever running against him.
0: And given what the legislators are also trying to sort through during COVID, trying to figure out budgeting so that people were, you know, the eviction moratorium was going to come up, the national government's saying, here's $600 for people who have no food, no housing, they're not secure, they don't have health care. So like legislators are trying to solve a bunch of problems in addition to police reform, right? And then to have the governor really kind of waste their time, Mm -hmm. instead of just signing it and saying, okay, You know, you're not doing what I want. I had my argument, but instead actually vetoing it, that's not very respectful of the work they're trying to get done. That's true. The other big thing going on we can think about in January is, you know, DeLeo is stepping down as speaker. So the new year is going to look a little different. Why don't we close out with each person if they like offering uh,
5: whatever they want to say as the year comes to a close. So I have something to say and I'm rephrasing somebody that I heard the other day. And if you want, you can cut it. But for those pro-life, um, if, that if you were really a, pro, a person that is pro-life, you would be for universal health universal care for all. You would, be, you would be pro-welfare because that's why the women get abortions because they cannot take care of that child. They need the welfare to keep on going. You would be pro birth control, and if since all of that is not what you are uh, uh, what you are promoting, you are only a pro birth because you want the control of women and you. Um, you're only looking for the control of women and the control of that child, but only for the nine months. Because after the, the baby is born, you don't have to, you don't want to care about about him. You just want to keep him uh, out of the womb, and then it, it is not your fault. The only thing that you have uh, an issue with is the the act of abortion. You're not thinking about the mother, about the child, and like I have said plenty of times, a baby and a child and a person does not have a snooze button. So if that is all you care about and you do it for religious reasons, you are so very wrong because the First Amendment is what protects us from your craziness and... I would say that you are wrong, you are not a good person, and you are not a good Christian if those are the only reasons you are uh, against abortion. I've said it. Yay. I love the distinguishing
1: between pro-birth and pro-life. Yes. That's really nice, Martha.
3: For me, okay. uh, access to abortion is, uh, among other things, uh, an economic issue. And even those who are pregnant uh-huh. at the time and seeking abortion may not realize it, but they're being given the keys to their life. And this, uh, now there will be more people, uh, more teenagers who will have the opportunity to strike out for their own autonomy and save their lives. Yep. Yeah. I, I second that. It's, Nobody
4: wakes up in the morning and says, "Oh, I think I'll just have an abortion today." People have abort, <laughs> women have abortions because they need to have an abortion. They just cannot afford or they cannot cope with uh, having a child, and that's it's not. A lot of men don't understand that. They'll never be in that position, and. Unless you're in that position, you really, or, or can't imagine yourself in that position, then
3: you can't, you shouldn't have a say in this. Yeah. Gloria Steinem. Gloria Steinem always had a quote that was actually a quote from a woman cab driver when at some point, probably in the '70s, uh, when she was in Boston to do uh, a, to speak somewhere, and she got to talking with this. A uh, woman cab driver, one thought led to another and the cab driver said, and they were talking about abortion, and the cab driver said, you've probably heard this, if men could get pregnant, abortion would be sacrosanct. Mm-hmm. And she always gave credit, whenever she used it, she'd always give credit to that woman cab driver from Boston.
4: Wow. Well, it's you know, access to abortion is a religious issue. Because face it, white, white women of, of means will always have access to abortion. They always have. But it's the women who of color and who do not have the means to access abortion are the ones that need to have the laws on their side. And then they need the access. Right.
2: And, and I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure
6: what we just accomplished solves that problem.
4: That maybe that's why I'm
6: mad.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: That's why I'm angry because I don't think, it, I mean, yes, it's an amazing feat and I don't want to take away from what the legislators have accomplished by getting this through, but I feel as though it's just not doing what we set out to do, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's Roe Act again, you know, light for the white women, right? It's not really solving those uh, you know who who are financially deprived it's not solving the problem for um women of color or young people who are in the most vulnerable situations it's it's not doing what it set out to do not yet i don't think they'll do it ever again i think I'm sorry, I don't think they'll ever have the stomach to do it again, to do it over.
4: I wish they would. This codifies the right to abortion in Massachusetts as state law. Does that mean that we can't change the law in some ways? For example, changing it so that, that, that people under 16 can have access to abortion without Having parental consent or going through the judicial bypass.
1: I thought that we could bring that up in a few years when the dust settles. I thought that that was my understanding that that it's not over yet. If if we feel that changes need to happen, we just have to sit with this for a little while.
0: Is that is that your understanding? Other people, you can bring legislation in January if you want to. Right. I mean, customs right. that have developed in the state house are customs so new legislation can come forward whenever a legislators are ready to file it if you just take the case and becca roush senator becca roush has brought this forward a couple times if you take the case of a of a minor who is literally the victim of incest by the parent who has the authority to say no they can't have an abortion that one little instance all by itself just bringing that forward in new legislation saying what do we do about that person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that i think we've all felt very much driven by Uh, compassion for that is forced birth. That is, that is unspeakably horrible. It can't really be over if you believe that's wrong. Well, it it can't be over because I feel like every year we've got more and
1: more, not just women, but strong women in office every year. And so I think that this is going to keep on coming up and I want, and I want to go back after the ERA. I think that if we go after that, And if we get that passed, that has a whole different foundation under everything we're asking about.
0: The reality is we're seeing legislators came forward by more than a two-thirds majority to make the changes here. They probably didn't know. They're all sitting in their own rooms, not sure what the other legislators will do. And when they see, wow, everybody came out forward, maybe the time is ripe to bring forward whatever the next steps will be.
3: If it's a pro-choice, it has a science and biology in that. So people have to look into those things too, right? And not one person what, uh, and Baker has said, two daughters too. So he has to think all those things. You cannot just say, no, yes, no, no, you have to think, oh, I have two daughters. And a lot of people are, because uh, there was an example on TV, there was a driver. She was a uh, African-American. She used to drive the truck, a uh, garbage truck. And they said they cannot take a break, but she was pregnant, she needed to pee. She used the bottle to pee. And the guy who said, I'm a trainer, but he was a manager, he looked into it and he felt so bad. I said, no, this is not right. We have to have some option for women, especially when they're pregnant. So those are the things we have to look into it.
0: That's right. There There are biological differences for people. between people among people and the new law will include science and medicine in the definitions which for people who don't know our literal definitions are not based on science and medicine right now when this is actually passed it will be lovely to see science and medicine included in our laws where they belong it has certainly been extra 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 innings and we seem to be in the ninth inning now maybe this is the 2004 world series again
3: (laughs) Happy holidays
2: and thank you. Happy Happy New New Year. Year. Great to work with you. Thank you, everybody. Happy New Year.